You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and with me today is the host of Miami Heat Beat podcast, Giancarlo Navas. G, how are you doing, sir? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to be on the program. You uh, you guys are, are are great on Twitter. We love you guys, so I really appreciate having me on, and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the finals. I'm ready to preview. Let's go. Yeah, this is the reason why I wanted you on. Absolute hype monsters, you guys over at Miami Heat Beat. And I hope you don't mind me nicking your bit there with uh, with you and with me today. That's uh, always I always loved it. No, that's why I started smiling. You saw me. I was like, yes. <laughs> well, I was going to listening. I, I was going to go with the welcome, 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 but I thought that might take the piss a bit too oh, much. Uh, <laughs> that'd have been great. I would have. I would have loved it. Next, uh, next, next time. Next time, absolutely. Yeah, as I said, um, anybody who strangely doesn't listen to Miami Heat Beat, please get over and do so because it is the funnest uh, Miami Heat coverage by far. The only podcast I know where the language is as colourful as the guests on it. So uh, if you if you don't uh, follow along, get following now because it is laugh out loud content. So, gee, we will uh, we will follow on from there, um, and I will start with how the fuck have we done this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean apart from screaming culture out of our windows all night how have we done this so the thing that i've been most impressed by has been the transformation on defense so if you listen to heat beater you follow us on twitter you know that i've been screaming and yelling about this team's defensive issues all years especially their kind of on ball guard defense containing dribble penetration uh early in the season that he played a lot of drop defense which is essentially means that your big man or your center or the person guarding the screener in the pick and roll kind of drops below the ball handler to kind of contain the dribble, right? Because Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn are not the best players at getting around screens. Uh, so what Miami did post-trade is they, Myers Leonard got hurt, so he wasn't really playing a lot. Bam is a very switchable big man. They were just having Andre Gudala and Jay Crowder and the rest of their guys switch everything. Uh, and in the beginning of the season, it, it worked to uh, medium avail. You saw that game against Atlanta in the regular season that Miami lost, Bam was switching on to Trey Young. Uh, it was a work in progress. And now, I mean, we saw what he did to Kemba Walker on switches against the Celtics, against the Bucks, uh, when he had to switch on to Chris Middleton. And the Heat defense, they are flying around, Dan. They are, I, I have, they, they look completely different. They're, to quote Eric Sprolstra, everybody's on a string, right? They're not letting go of the rope. They're all, they're all very connected. They're 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 great at digging into the paint when the dribble comes. They've played zone. They've played man. They they played switch. They've played almost every defensive scheme you can. And that transformation is one hundred percent what has gotten them where they are. Yeah, that's uh, very well summarized. And uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that will just look at what for the outsiders that would just look at uh, the Heat and really like think that yeah, okay, yeah, Jimmy Butler coming in and Bam Adebayo finally getting uh, unleashed and his starting berth. Um, so that would be like the main con- uh, reasons of our success. And that, there is a a part to that. But I've always I, I've sort of seen a slightly different angle when I change tune 
with my predictions. I was always one of these guys that sort of sat back a bit and thought, okay, last year was a dreadful year, um, a losing record, uh, 10th place finish. I thought we was always going to be, obviously, a playoff lock this year because that's what adding a start does to your team in a pretty uh, uncompetitive East. But for me, where I changed tune from being that sort of sixth, seventh seed um, and being a, you know, a title hopeful, but an outsider into a genuine title contender when the trade, the Iggy trade, but most importantly, the underrated side of this is the Jay Crowder uh, acquisition. For me, when's that switch from Myers Leonard, who has been ex- exceptional, love Myers Leonard, as all of Heat Twitter do. But um, I think that once that, that switch made and we went for Jay in the starting lineup rather than Myers, that made us a different animal. And I think that, that that's one of, the, one of the most underrated key components to Miami suddenly being a title contender with that elite wing defence coming in. The fact that we are now a lot quicker. Um, we we can got, got a guy who's also was up until um, recently was shooting way above his career high, uh, career high with three points. Um, Jay has been, in my point, the, the huge underrated um, mention in this team. Would you agree with that? He's unlocked a style of play that they didn't have before. So the offense was always good, right? So the Heat run a lot of motion offense. They run a lot of handoffs up top. They can run pick and roll. They're a very versatile offense with a lot of shooters firing off those screens and everything. What Jay Crowder unlocks in them is something. So Myers Leonard was obviously a very good shooter. uh, No doubting his shooting ability. Myers was almost like a Josh McRoberts in the sense of he was not as trigger happy as he should have been. Um, and that really was like magnified by Olenek struggling in the beginning of the season. Like post All Star break, Olenek was on fire going into the yeah. bubble. He was shooting like sixty percent from three or something. It was something crazy. He had really found his jump shot. So when a guy like Myers is just not shooting, he's not punishing the defense. It really limits your offense. And what Jay Crowder has done, Jay Crowder is Jay Crowder is putting him up. He's putting up almost seven threes a game uh, in his in his stint with Miami. I mean, Jay Crowder. I mean, we see it. Jay, that guy's not scared. Uh, and he's knocking him down. And the important part about Jay is that teams don't defend him like a shooter, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the Milwaukee series, the guy they would help off of was always Jay Crowder, right? And he made him pay. And what that did was just unlock a level to their offense, a gear to their offense that they didn't have. And they were able to play a guy who's mobile and switchable at power forward. Just completely changes the way they play. Mm, yeah, definitely. So um, obviously uh, an incredible uh, bubble performance so far. Uh, since the playoffs have started, 11, uh, sorry, 12 and 3 going through, sweeping through Indiana. Um, should have swept the Bucks. I mean, we was one stop away from sweeping the Bucks uh, before they did us in overtime, but we'd made light work of that in the end in five. And then uh, a, a tough, gritty series against a, a very good, very solid Celtics team. But then we still got through in six. So, uh, I mean, this team, this against that um, in the Celtics game there. What was been? What was your main highlight? The main thing is it too easy to just say as a one-off thing that the band block that everybody you know around the world heard this block just an incredible game-winning um, thing to to witness. Is it too easy to say that, or was it, is there something else that you know that, that springs to mind that thinks that this that stays in the memory? I think that the thing that might last, especially if they win a title this year, I think that. For Heat fans, what we're going to remember is going to be Bam's fourth quarter performance at the end of game six. How he became the player that I think we all wanted him to be all season. Bam is a guy that doesn't look at the basket in the locker room. Jimmy Butler is always telling him, you got to shoot, you got to try to score and everything. Bam's not not that guy. 
And what Bam did was take the ball from the top of the key to the rim. Daniel Tice is on me. I don't care. I'm going to the rim right now. Oh, you're going to bring help? I don't care. I'm bullying through you. I'm getting free throws. Oh, you're going to put Grant Williams on me? It doesn't matter. I don't care if he's big and strong. He is on his ass. I am at the rim. I am dominating. He took that game. That wraparound pass, he drew the help, right? So yeah, Daniel Tice on him, drew the help. That wraparound pass from your center to Jimmy Butler cutting, and that unlocked Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was kind of flying off ball. He was doing everything his points were not really self-created it was all off of bam's kind of help and, and how he draws the defense and so for me it was kind of like this if this is a guy that we're gonna get in the finals that's i mean that is not only franchise changing but that's league altering to have a guy that good at defense he's he's, a, he, he's like amari stottlemyre on offense but now <laughs> he's a monster defensively like like that is a terror on the league. Yeah, uh, completely. It just it's so exciting, and uh, like there is no ceiling to him because this is his first year as a starter. You know, he, he should have been maybe he should have been a starter perhaps last year. I think that there was more um, a consensus a of they had they had to play the contracts in Hassan um, rather than the player that they wanted to unleash. But I mean, this is a guy, as I said, first year as a starter has become an all-star already, picked up a skills championship trophy along the way. Um, and he has every chance now of adding an NBA championship and even a finals MVP to his resume. He could be that good. And this is a guy who's just getting started. Yeah, just can't speak highly enough of what an asset we have uh, on our hands here. Somebody else who... Uh yeah, go no, a, a bit on the on the playing time thing. Like I, I think a lot of people don't understand that, you know, if your guy's not playing, your coach is getting a phone call from an agent, right? Because yeah. agents need their players to play in order to put up numbers, right? So then they can get paid, right? So when a Dion Waiters or a Son Whiteside is not playing enough, it's not necessarily the players that are calling the coach and said, yo, coach, it's agents, right? And and then that gets to the front office, right? Because then you need to have agreed relationships with your agents. So, you know, if, if you have a guy represented by by uh, by Clutch, right, and he's not playing a lot, and then all of a sudden uh, Matt Carter is not happy, Rich Paul's not happy, right? You're, it really damages your relationship with your clients. So I think mm. for Bam to have the maturity. I think guys nowadays, they come into the league and, and look at that. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, right? Like guys come in and they're immediately playing. They're immediately putting up stats. The organization really puts your hopes on young players. And for him to kind of understand the politics of the league at such a young age, it speaks to his maturity. Zach Close piece talked a lot about his character, how much they liked his character. And I, I don't, I don't think that's a small thing because I think he knew in that huddle that he was a better center. Um, but no fuss played hard in all his minutes that everything was asked of him from the coaching staff and you just can't ask for more. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you brought it up. And uh, he is somebody who is so well, already is so well liked uh, amongst other players, which of course we yes. love because uh, <laughs> when we go well hunting, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's not a bad thing to have with players like Giannis and Bradley Bill and people, all these guys that respect and, uh, and, and uh, acknowledge the uh, playing potential of this guy. So uh, yeah, big, 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 big face of our franchise for uh, for Bam Adebayo. Um, now, that was a mid-range pick. Another mid-range pick, Tyler Harrow. Uh, can you believe this guy's still a rookie? I, you know, when we did our draft, so Heat Beat is known for bad draft analysis, right? We do. Oh, I, 
I'm going to take you into our draft coverage, right? I don't like college basketball. I don't like any other basketball other than NBA basketball and WNBA basketball, right? I don't, I don't watch, I don't like watching amateur basketball. I think Euro basketball is okay. I'm not, I'm not watching. I'm not trying to watch more basketball. I watch it often, right? So I only watch the NBA. So I'm not here watching 18 year olds, you know, dribble the ball off their foot for 40 minutes with weird rules that I don't like. So I'm not into college basketball. My co-hosts, however, are really into it. So they do all this draft analysis, and they like we have on draft experts that I have no idea who these people are because they cover a sport that I don't watch. So we get this information. They get obsessed with like uh, our our one of our co-hosts, Jack Alfonso, obsessed with OG Ananobi. I was obsessed with him. They picked Bam over OG, and a whole our whole group was upset. We're 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 angry. Nikias Duncan, our statistician, writes for BasketballNews.com. He was uh he said he called Bam Epe Udo. He's like, why would you draft Bam when Epe Udo is right there for sign, right? So we're like notoriously bad draft analysts. Uh, so when they draft Tyler Hero, uh, we we recently released an apology to Tyler Hero, montaging our worst takes from draft night. And uh, we said he had alligator arms. His arms, his wingspan wasn't long enough. That he wasn't going to be enough of a creator in pick and roll. That I don't. We had serious doubts if he could shoot off the bounce because of his size. Um, he's literally proved us wrong in every single respect. That guy is a monster. That guy has the number one most important skill in the modern NBA, which is shooting threes off the dribble. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And also, just the confidence of him, how he's wired, he thrives under that pressure. That's just something you don't see uh, from many people, let alone rookies. Uh, so, yeah, just, um, I mean, a 37-point game uh, in this series. Uh, just uh, and, and he's just getting started. Just getting started, geez. It's going to be a special talent. Now, this was a guy who um, also something that sort of pissed me off a little bit is that when we was talking about the next star in Bradley Bill or Oladipo or Drew Holiday, whoever it may be, um, everyone was saying, well, we're going to have to give up Hero. Hero will have to be thrown into that. Um, that, that we we got to realise, we got to stop doing this. Stop including Guilty. Tyler Hero. Guilty. Stop including Tyler Hero in trade scenarios because this guy is going to be a star. Agree? Uh, he already is. The dude's in the <laughs> NBA Finals. He was arguably their second best player in that series, offensively at least. Like what he like, he's taken. Well, if you look at Tyler here in the beginning of the season, a guy who had you know always had the effort, had suspect defense, had a questionable handle, had uh, some chops and pick and roll, but you didn't really trust him to get to the cup to finish to have a tight dribble. He's coming off screens, right? So he'll they'll run that handoff with him and Bam up top or on the side. And when he comes off that screen as a defender, right, whether it be Marcus Smart or it be Jalen Brown or whoever, if they switch that, uh, which Jalen often did, now the defender is like, well, this guy is not Duncan Robinson. This guy can take me off the dribble. He has a really tight handle. He's a very good finisher. He has a floater now. He can finish off the glass really well. He can give that wraparound pass. He can find dudes in the corner. So if Duncan or Gorn's in the corner, he could easily make that pass. He can get his roll man bam. Or if I kind of play him too hard, he's going to pull up for three. And he's damn good at that too. And he could do that left to right crossover through the screen. And he's just completely is picking defenses apart. He has a lot in his bag. And I think if you look at kind of his progression throughout the season. I mean, this whole finishing and pick and roll in traffic, I mean, where the hell was that? I mean, uh, mm. You know what I mean? Like we, 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 the, the alligator arms is doing that? Like, word? <laughs> like, it's been incredible yeah. to watch his growth. I mean, he is absolutely, um, arguably the fourth best player, fifth best player in this finals. Like after AD, mm. LeBron, uh, Bam, and, and, um, 
And Jimmy yeah. Butler, I mean, it's, it's him and Goran in that next tier, which is like crazy yeah, to say. It's a, dude can't yeah. drink yet. He's not, if they win a championship, he's not allowed to drink champagne with everybody. <laughs> legally, of course. <laughs> legally, of course, yes. Uh, yeah, no, you make, you make a great point. And uh, yeah, the progression, the fact that he's driving to the basket, that he's, made, he's got these floaters, as you say. I mean, we always knew he was a sniper, but it just seems like every time he gets the ball now, it doesn't matter where he is, he makes the bucket. It's all very well taking the shot. He makes the bucket. So he's, uh, he's added a lot to his game. So yes, please, Miami Heat beat. Keep doing draft takes because they work for us. <laughs> they work. Okay. Always, all those big draft takes work. We we <laughs> loved we loved KZ Opala and uh, we have yet listen. We're very we're very pro hashtag free KZ. Maybe we, we think that Spo is going to unleash KZ in the finals on LeBron. That that's what we're waiting for here. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. Okay, you actually you actually brought on a, a point that I was going to come on to, so we might as well come on to this next. Now, obviously, with the Lakers coming up now, they have the two best players on the court. No doubt about that. Um, I was saying on Twitter um, earlier on today that, of course, that's the case. But there is an argument to say that the Heat have the next best four, five, six, maybe even seven players. Would you agree with that? And do you think that oh. that's going to have overall a a saying in this series absolutely so it's like we said it's lebron ad then bam jimmy then grow and tyler and then that's where we kind of get into uh you know then we have to look at you know, well, how do you feel about kcp versus duncan now i've i've said this the lakers would take duncan over kcp at any like at it k duncan would add a dimension to the lakers offense that just did not exist before uh, he's a shooter that could come off screens. That could, it's a motion shooter. They could do a lot with him. LeBron finding a guy that open, as good a shooter as he is. I mean, that's absolutely deadly. I, I don't think it's. I've seen people argue for KCP because we just what he does off the dribble and what he does defensively. I I just don't agree with that. Um, then you have kind of guys like Dwight and Kelly Olynyk, which I, I think that you know sans Kelly's struggles in this Boston series. Uh, Kelly Olenek's a damn good basketball player who can run a lot of their handoff offense, who's a very smart passer, really good game in the free throw line, really settles their offense. A guy who is uh, is a neutral on defense isn't he isn't their issue. Their issue was always the guards. Um, I think he's a he's he's better than a guy like Kyle Kuzma, for example. I think Danny Green on their team is a guy that you probably take over them, maybe yeah. if that. But you're absolutely right. I mean, after the top, I mean, the Heat are gonna have arguably the next five to six players in the mm. series that are the best. And, and do you see that this um, this series could be decided on? Um, I mean, we, we we know how you're not going to stop LeBron. You're not going to stop AD. You're going to just try and contain them as best you can. And the Heat are quite well equipped to do that. We've seen that with Giannis where we built the wall and all the rest of it. And we, we've always done pretty well when matching up against them. So we've got the tools to try and deal as well as you can. You never said you're never going to stop those two players. So do you see this coming down to role players are going to win this series is whoever performs better because we saw when we uh when we lost the two games against celtics for example it was because we shot terribly you know our, we didn't even come close to our season average um you know and if we did we probably would have got through that uh, in a lot more ease so do you see that the role players are going to have uh maybe the biggest influence on this or do you just see it as state star, uh, star power will shine through so my big thing is, so the Lakers have really stopped doing the no AD and LeBron lineups, right? So in the playoffs, they've played 41 minutes without them, and they're minus 43 points per 100 possessions, which is just it's a dreadful number, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, when they're together, they're plus 13 per 100 possessions in almost 400 minutes, right? So then, And then the rest is like 100 minutes with AD without LeBron, and then 140 with LeBron without AD. So most of the time, they're on the court together. Very little, neither's on the court. So... 
you're not stopping those guys, as you said. Like you made the great point. They're they're not stopping. You hope to slow them down. Miami's gonna have the wing defenders throughout LeBron. It's gonna have Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, Jimmy Butler. You're not stopping LeBron. The issue with LeBron is gonna be how he hunts smaller guards. So if Goran Dragic is def- if 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 Duncan is defending KCP, for example, and KCP comes to screen for LeBron, now you're in no man's land, right? So if Jay Crowder's on LeBron and then now you're Jay Crowder Duncan in that pick and roll, uh Bam's gonna have to do a lot coming to help. Bam's gonna have to not get in foul trouble. And Miami's going to have to bring the help early, bring the help with purpose, bring the help aggressively, because they're going to be very content if Caruso's shooting threes, right? Yeah. So if, if Caruso or Kyle Kuzma beats you, that's fine. But they're going to play this, I think, a lot like Giannis. The help's going to come early. The help's going to come definitively. They're going to front AD a ton. The Lakers were not good against the zone all season. Uh, and in the playoffs, I believe that they're under a point per possession off any action against zone uh, this season. So that's something to look forward to. Two for the Heat. They're going to have that zone in their bag. They're going to make those Laker players beat them. They're going to make the Alex Caruso's. They're going to make the Kyle Kuzma's. They're going to make the KCP's. And Danny Green, who's going to be their best shooter, who's going to get a lot of open looks, who's very streaky in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Um, And if he beats them, I don't know what you can do. But I think that for the Heat defense, it's going to come down to that. Now, the offense, if Jay Crowder's not going to hit anything, uh, there's just no way they can win. Yeah. They need him. They're not. The Lakers are too good at defense, and they're just not going to guard Jay Crowder, right? So the Celtics did a weird thing. They started guarding Jay Crowder. Uh, they treated him like a shooter, unlike Milwaukee, and even though he got a bunch of open looks, became a pumpkin. So the Heat offense is going to be the Heat offense. The Lakers don't have the ammunition in their guards to defend the handoffs as well as Milwaukee or Boston. If you look at the Milwaukee series, right, you have Wes Matthews and Chris Middleton fighting across screens. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, probably the best guard in the league at getting over screens, making life hell for Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. That's why they didn't really have big games in those series. Like you saw against the Celtics, it was a little better, right? Because the Celtics didn't have those over-the-screen type aggressive ball defenders, right? They have good defenders, but it's not the same as Milwaukee's very hyper-aggressive over-the-screen type defense. The Lakers don't have that either, and the Lakers have a worse version of that than the Celtics did. So, you know, we said against the Celtics it was going to be more of a north-south series that they're going to have to get Bam going in the pick-and-roll. Lakers pack the paint a lot. I think it's going to be an east-west series where they're going to work those handoffs, and the Heat are really, really, really going to try to fish from outside. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I mean, as, as you said, they're, they're an absolute defensive juggernaut so it all comes down to uh yeah offense really if Miami are going to have any success with that so with that being said we've we've maybe Bam and AD that are going to be going head to head uh, at both ends that's going to be uh, almost like maybe cancelling each other out uh Jimmy Butler obviously likes to try and drive as much as he can draw contact do you think he's going to get away with that as much um with the, with obviously AD and LeBron on them well that's going to depend on how the Lakers play. So the Lakers against the, the Nuggets played big. They played Dwight Howard and um, yeah. Anthony Davis a lot. Against the Rockets, they didn't. So the big question is going to be, can the Heat force the, the Lakers to go small? Can the Heat force Dwight Howard off the floor? Now, the way you do that to me, you have two options. The two most reliable options, rather. Dwight Howard has been a foul machine in the playoffs. He has been... Uh, he, he's been fouling a ton per 100 possessions. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it's a lot. I know it's like <laughs> leading the playoffs. If you saw what he did on Yoke, it's a lot of frustration. Um, that's a matchup that you can attack with Bam. That's a matchup that you can attack with Jimmy when the help comes. That's something that Goran is going to be really good at getting that contact, especially with an overzealous guy like him. Yep. If Dwight gets played off the floor, they have a lot more flexibility because... What hurts the zone and theirs in particular has been the rebounding. So the Heat played the guards at the back and the the big the wings on the front. 
So what, what that does is that you leave yourself very vulnerable to rebounds while pressuring the ball and putting a lot of pressure on turnovers and stuff like that. So if they can get the Lakers, if they can play them small, that's going to be huge for them. There you go. Yeah, no, I really agree. Yeah, I think the guards are going to have a big say in this series. Before we come on to uh, your predictions for this series, um, I've actually, you probably won't know this because, um, you know, we, we've only sort of re- recently started interacting, but I've only actually been a Heat fan for four years. So I have not known, Ooh. I have not known the good times. I missed all the big free era. I missed all of the LeBron days. I came into it on fucking Dion Waiters and Hassan Whiteside days. So, you are uh, a lifer. You deserve a badge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my first year was the 30-11 year. So, um, that yeah, was fun. I, that was fun. Admit that, that was, was fun. Admit that was fun, Dan. It was fun. So I learned a hell of a lot about culture uh, very yes. early into my Heat fandom. So, uh, But obviously, with the, you know, I go back and I watch the glory days and so on. Now, there's... Um, with the uh, the LeBron departure going uh, back to, to Cleveland, um, a bit of hostility and a bit of cold blood there between um, Riley and LeBron. Um, educate me a little bit on that. Is that still something that's brewing or has that all been swept under the carpet now? You know, I don't know how familiar. Are you familiar with the story of Pat going to Vegas to recruit LeBron to resign? Are you yes. familiar with that story? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the whole Vegas World Cup playing FIFA thing, right? Like, I don't think. I think Riley has put a lot behind him, I think, especially in his old age uh, and kind of, you know, nearing the twilight of his career. I think that there's some competitive nature to that. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think there's a lot of bad blood. I don't think it's good blood. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, you know, it's a it's a person. They obviously respect each other a ton. I mean, if you listen to LeBron's comments today on Pat Riley, uh, I think it was uh, Dave McMenamin asked him like, well, LeBron, what do you think of Riley? And LeBron's like, that's a really broad question, Dave. Like, I don't know how you want me to answer that. He's like, Riley, what do I think of when I think of Pat Riley? He's like one of the greatest minds who ever graced basketball, like the league, the story of the league can't be told without Pat Riley, right? All all the superlatives that Riley has 100% owned. Do I think LeBron is going to, you know, invite Riley to the renewal of his wedding vows? No, <laughs> uh, but I do think that there's respect there. I do think that I think that there's probably as much for Riley as there is for LeBron. Riley's a very petty person. Pat mm-hmm. Riley is a petty guy. Pat Riley has been petty. And, you know, Dan Lebetard of the Miami Herald and ESPN has said multiple times that, you know, Pat was close to writing it, not a Dan Gilbert like letter, but going to to go to town on LeBron publicly and did not took the high mm-hmm. road. Nicky Harrison, the owner, Nick Harrison, uh, Spo, everybody convinced him to walk off the ledge. So Pat has that in him. There yeah. is, there's a lot there uh, for both guys, but I think that the respect is so immense because they both know that, I mean, this is the, this is literally the top of the sport. I mean, this is, this is as, I mean, these are two all-time legend statuses, right? LeBron with, we know how many finals he's made. Pat Riley has won a championship in four different decades. Uh, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So on just staying on Pat for a minute, um, a worrying question here. If Miami do go and take the championship this year, does Pat go and ride off into the sunset? Or has he got another? Does He, he's always, he always wants more. Does he feel like I've got one more super team? Or does he think, look, this was expected. I wanted one more chip. I've got it. Uh, and off I go. Man, I how how does he not go for 2021? How? How? Like he's he's lined the deck, right? He's 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 been preparing this. They have been bearing the hat. They have been doing everything that they can for 2021. This is ahead of schedule. Nobody thought this was gonna happen. We thought, well, okay, if they're a second round out, 
that's a good season. We take that. Um, they're, they have everything lined up, and now all of a sudden, they have, for next year, a massive expiring in Andre Gudala with the, with the team option. They have Kelly Olynyk's ten to twelve million dollar, whatever that contract is. So they have, they have Kendrick Nunn, who's going to be an attractive young piece if somebody wants. Um, they have guys to move. They have some trade ammo to get a guy and then resign him in twenty one. Like they, they, I don't know, I don't remember their pick situation. I don't really think that they have a lot to move, but they have some future picks that they can also attach to it. So like they have a lot in the treasure trove to get what they want, and it's hard for me to think that. Once they're because this is going to be the worst version of this team, yeah, they're only going to have more assets and more. So, I don't think Riley, I think Riley will 100% want to defend the title. I don't think that there's a question about that. And then he'll want to prepare for 21. And then after that, that we don't know, but I do think he'll stick around till at least he can have his one last uh, heist. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's hope that continues. Brilliant. Yeah, so uh, exciting times, very exciting times. And who would have thought we would be saying that this time last year? Just incredible so let's come on to it ng uh your finals prediction series prediction and mvp finals uh finals mvp candidate so i have picked i picked the heat against the pacers i then picked the bucks in six and i picked the celtics in six um i i don't like that i like the heat in this matchup I don't feel good about that. I don't because I've been, I liked picking against them and being wrong. Um, I, I think that there's some matchup concerns with the Lakers. As I said, if they can stay big, it becomes a problem. They pack the paint really well. So if Jimmy Butler's not able to get those foul calls, it's going to be really tough for them to get offense in the paint. Unless Bam is going to be like he was at the end of game six. Who knows if that's coming back? Um, I do trust Miami shooters in this matchup more than any other matchup. I think that some of it's going to be a little weird. Rondo's very aggressive on ball, so is KCP, but it's just not going to be what they've seen with Milwaukee and Boston. I think they're, they've are they played better perimeter defenses. What the Lakers do so excellent is they have a, a special big man inside who can move, who can switch, who can do all these things. And I think Miami has been very disciplined with their matchup hunting. I think that Miami's as LeBron is going to hunt Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero in pick and roll, the Heat can do the same. They can find Alex Caruso. They can find KCP. They can get Dwight Howard on switches. The Heat have options that they can do too. So this is my first public pick, and I, I think I'm going Heat in six. Yes, I love it. I, I think, love it. I, I think, Dan, I think I'm there. I think I'm there. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. There we go. There we go. Heat in six. And uh, yeah, MVP final. Finals MVP, sorry. Candidate. I mean, riding the momentum, it has to be Bam. Now, I be. would love if like Duncan Robinson or Goran Dragic steals it. I think that'd be great. I think the story, like the story I would like would be like, personally, I love Goran Dragic. I mean, that guy, I mean, you. Oh, yeah. He's been the longest tenured key player you've watched. I mean, you've never really gotten like to know Udonis Haslam, but no. I mean, I, what for Goran to do this for watching Goran all those years in Phoenix and then kind of bouncing around the league and for him to legitimately find a home, for him to get traded in the offseason, then Mark Cuban nicks it. For him to come back, find a role, be okay with coming off the bench. That's a that's a damn all-star level player that came off the bench all year into the playoffs. Um to play the best ball of his life in the most important moments of his life for him to get rewarded with a finals MVP would be. I, that's what I want. I would like yeah. that. It's probably going to be Bam or Jimmy or LeBron or AD. 
Um, I think this is more of a LeBron series than an AD series. I think that Miami's going to do a pretty good job on AD. They, they're really good at help defending and doing defending big mans like that. But mm. LeBron is going to be the one that I think can go off most easily because of the exploitable matchup hunting. Uh, mm. So I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like LeBron, Jimmy, or Bam, one of the three. Yeah, I mean, I totally, totally echo what you just said. If I could pick a player without a doubt, it'd be Goran Dragic because he deserves it in every sense yes. of the word. But uh, yeah, I think personally, if the Heat are going to win this, um, I think that the, the most impactful player we will see from this series will be, um, I think, almost quite obviously, Bam Adebayo. If we're going to come through this, because yeah, he's got a hell of a job on his hands here, and it means if we, if it means if we've won. It means that because Bam has done a special, special job. So I think that would be the most obvious answer. So, uh, yeah. The thing about go. Bam, if you look at like in the fourth quarter, when it becomes winning time, the Heat are going to, the, the Lakers are going to run Anthony Davis, LeBron James, pick and roll. Bam out of bio is going to be on one of those two people, either if it's LeBron or it's AD. And in the most important junctions of the game, Bam is going to be involved in that play defensively. And I think that the responsibility put on him is going to be enormous. He's going to have to either switch that. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if they're going to want to keep him on LeBron. I don't know if they're going to want to switch that for AD or vice versa. Um, that is going to be something that I, we have to look closely to, how they're going to defend that late game, if they're going to switch, if they're going to drop, if they're going to stick with their man, if they're going to fight screens. But for them to win, for them to win in six, it's going to come on what Bam does on the defensive end and offensively. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. We've heard it here first. Giancarlo Navas, his first public pick. He's going heat in Woo! six. Um, I'm only being lazy, so I'm just going with the uh, with the the notion that it was Pacers in four, and then it was Bucks in five. It was Celtics in six, and now I'm going to go with Lakers in seven. I Let's hope it's not. Go! I hope it's not because I can't take that uh, seven game series. My heart. These are two a.m. starts. Remember. I was going to say for you. I mean, that's wow. brutal. You want to sweep. You want it like you're done, and then the trophy we celebration. Absolutely, yeah. And we have watched, oh, well, I have watched every single game, even regular season games I've watched live here, not missed a minute of Miami Heat basketball. So I need a sweep so I can get some sleep and recharge, yes. definitely. <laughs> so, uh, you deserve it. Jay, <laughs> uh, absolutely loved having you on. I'm a massive, massive fan of the Miami Heat Beat podcast. So please let everybody who, for some reason, may not know about it, get, uh, tell us where they can find you. You can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Miami Heapy. You can also find us on Twitter at MIHeapy. You can catch every after every single game. We do a post-game stream on Twitch. So it's twitch.tv slash MIHeapy. All the guys are there. We're doing post-game analysis. We're doing live highlights. We're doing live film breakdown. We're having fun. We're drinking. We're having a good time. Uh, and if you miss, if you haven't missed a stream, if you're, if you're like Dan and you're in Europe, you can't stay up that late. Uh, all the streams are uploaded to YouTube, youtube.com uh, slash C slash Miami Heapy on youtube so we upload all the podcasts all the vods from the stream and you can find that all that on our twitter account at mi heatbeat and i am Giancarlo navas you can find me at g navas 103 uh i do the post game stat dumps so i i'll, I'll go peruse uh pbv stats and nba.com and I'll, I'll kind of like post what i find fun after games yeah, definitely. I can't recommend it hard enough. It is so much fun. And if anything else, if you're not going to listen to it for any other reason, listen to it for their intro music because it is on fire. It's so catchy. I love your intro music. It's Thank very you, special. So uh, there we go. G, thanks very much for uh, joining me. Really appreciate your time. You're now going to head over to do an episode, I believe, on your own pod. So have fun yes. with that. And um, yeah, uh, we will we will talk again soon, definitely. And uh, when we talk next, hopefully, we'll have a nice accessory with us. Woo! If I'm the good luck charm, I got to come back for every playoff series. That has to be it. You know, if we win this, 
there you go. 100%. There you go. Enjoy the series, guys, and we will see you next time.